it's not like that. Like you have to build and manage the relationship through the whole project to not just show them the value, but also explain to them why they need this technology to show them and support them in why this helps them to be more productive and efficient, how visibility can help them manage their internal relationship within the project itself. So it's very similar to what I do internally here at BuildOts. Welcome to Revenue Insights. Every week, we'll be joined by revenue leaders from some of the most successful and highest growing companies. Together, we explore how they built their revenue teams, the journeys that they've been on, and the lessons they have learned along the way. Revenue Insights is brought to you by Ebster. We're a revenue intelligence platform designed to help revenue teams to build more pipeline, close more deals, and retain more customers. Hello, and welcome to the Revenue Insights podcast. Today, I'm joined by Lior Spira, Head of Revenue Operations at BuildOS. She has over 10 years of experience driving revenue growth, and she's also the co-founder and community leader of The Optimizers, a hub for BizOps and RevOps leaders. Leo, it's wonderful to have you join me. It's great to be here, and thank you for inviting me. No problem at all. I want to dive in first, you know, kind of mentioned it in the intro. You've got so much experience across tech and B2B SaaS. What is your story? Oh, that's a great question. So actually, I started uh, law, uh, I think... More than uh, 15 years ago, I thought I'm going to be a lawyer. Actually, this was my father's dream. But somewhere along the way, I really enjoyed the degree, you know, and and law studies and all the courses and stuff. But uh, eventually, I guess I wanted to be more creative and innovative. And I was kind of drawn uh, to other professions after I passed my bar exam. Uh, here in Israel, I've decided to change my career path, break my parents' heart. And and, <laughs> and yeah, and, and actually I, I started working at a nonprofit organization with the, of youth, youth in distress. And as part of the marketing, um, marketing team and the donation uh, department. And this is where I was introduced to Salesforce, actually, uh, CRM for the first time. And if we calculated, you know, more than 10 years ago, Salesforce and all technology looked like so much different than what we see or have today. So it was a whole new world, uh, but marketing was very familiar and everybody wanted to be either marketing or sales. Um, and then, and somehow I think I, I got drawn into also processes, strategy, you know, um, driving efficiency, see how I can support uh, teams uh, internally and make sure we're all working together and learning from one another. And uh, then I started my graduate studies, um, government strategy and marketing. Um, and I was introduced to the strategy world and, um, you know, how to look at things differently, how to uh, use my soft skills as a lawyer uh, negotiation and um, organization and time-consuming stuff like that. And eventually, I think combining all of that together, I was very drawn uh, to the what what they called what they, what they had. Yes, uh, eight, nine years ago was uh, more of a sales and marketing operations. We didn't have uh, revenue operations. 
Um, and I think that was new as well, usually in uh, American corporates or very, very, very large uh, companies. And I transitioned again to, uh, to the technology um, domain. I joined uh, an American corporate and I was part of the marketing team, but also somehow I managed to be part of also the supporting sales team similar to sales operations. And I was working closely with uh, the sales and analyst operations uh, teams. And yeah, and I think since then I was very, very, I fell in love with systems. I fell in love with, um, with data. I fell in love with the decision-making process based on data with the business analysis. Uh, my first uh, CEO, uh, she took me, I think, under her wing. I didn't understand it back then. Um but today, when I look uh, backwards, you know, remember uh, the time there, she um, she managed or w- even wanted to teach me everything. So I was part of the budget um, meetings, the financial discussion, understanding Salesforce, understanding C- not just even Salesforce, CRM, understanding how sales and marketing work together. We didn't have customer success, for example, back then. Um, but along the way, when I then transitioned to... Um, other different uh, Israeli startups um, and sales operations became more of a sales and marketing operations. Then I founded um, um, and established three departments uh, in three different companies from, and built everything from scratch. Um, then sales and marketing operations became revenue operations because um, I guess the discussion moved forward to not just the sales process or the marketing process or the lead to cash process, but also now we started speaking about the buyer or customer journey, about holistic uh, processes, about, you know, breaking the silos. And through COVID, like, um, like it became more and more and more attractive and interesting discussion. So I guess, uh, I don't know if this answers your question, but if you ask me today, if I thought I would be where I am uh, right now, no clue. Like, I didn't even know that there is such thing like uh, sales operations. So, um, yeah. I love that you've gone on the journey from, you know, training to be a lawyer, went into going to do something more creative, and then arguably have gone to do something that is perhaps, in my experience, one of the lesser creative things that you can do. Although, to be fair, and I know you're going to argue this point, right? I suppose it was like systems designing and stuff like that allows you to be creative, right? Exactly. So I think uh, that's what's beautiful in this in revenue operations, actually, that you can see the transit, the digital transformation that like today, no, like information systems departments are no longer exist. Or if they do, they are part of revenue operations or some kind of uh, operations department because uh, you cannot separate between the two strategy and technology, strategy, process, data. And technology became one discussion. Like you cannot work on a process, then uh, send it or forward it to uh, an information system department. Let them design what they think they see from my process or what we have uh, formulated, then implement it in the system. Like we, we all have to, to work together. And now you can see also this transformation within revenue operations or why revenue operations actually um, arise, uh, especially uh, during COVID when we worked at home 
Nobody spoke to one another. Um, no, com- sometimes no communication. You, you could not work in silos. You had, like, I think companies started to realize that you need someone to be responsible, to be the owner of all of these things, because eventually you need, like, you can be so much innovative and, cre- uh, and creative in building a process in understanding that part- the go-to-market needs their problem, their issue, then leadership and, and, and also management. And then you need to go take all of this information, uh, build a process that would not just generate data, but also be scalable. And you can actually, you know, have some business insights that can affect uh, the decision-making process. So you are part of not just the company strategy, you are part of helping management and leadership by with your creative and with uh, the innovation that we bring, you know, with what we see or how we think uh, to help them be better, be more efficient, be more productive and actually scale, like, scale and build a growing revenue machine. So something that I'm really keen to dig into a little bit more, I mean, you talked a lot there around you know, a lot of the differences, particularly in the sales process, you know, even down to like the finer details. So could you perhaps give a bit more, elaborate, in fact, a bit more on perhaps the biggest challenge that you've overcome so far and, and how you did it? So first of all, I think a Bell.Dot's challenge and the opportunity was quite different and very exciting because um, comparing to uh, different companies, this is, again, this was my third time for establishing a revenue operations department uh, from and building it from scratch. But here at BuildOts, I joined really er- at a really, really, really early stage when the company was only, you know, uh, three years uh, old and after only uh, raising uh, the first funds of round A, so, and usually you can see in Israel, especially in Israel, by the way, you don't see revenue operations at such early stage. Um, even a previous company I joined when the, when the company was five, six year old, um, and they had a marketing and sales department, or at least, you know, if not a fully, um, higher departments, but a de- departments that, um, they worked and had like uh, at least between four to, to five or six uh, million ARR and customer success team or at least, you know, a small team that grew and, and we scaled together. But here we came, I think, um, we came sales, marketing and customer success together. So um, I was uh, brought to the company, you know, at a very, very early stage to build the infrastructure, not just, you know, before building, to to um, work on the processes, to um, write them down, to uh, have discussions with the team and understand how we want to measure ourselves, at least uh, at the beginning, like what our, uh, our investors want to want to see. And, uh, and then bring the technology and then bring the infrastructure and implement the processes and hire the teams. And they were all hired together. So from two, three users or uh, teammates and colleagues, we became like almost uh, 55 uh, in less than a year. So you have to make sure also that uh, when you build the processes and the infrastructure in the, C- in the CRM, in Salesforce or in... Um, or you build a tech stack 
for the departments. And then you need to understand also the data points that are very, very important. Again, we are at a very early stage, but we managed to do that. And I guess, uh, so if you ask me about the sales process, our sales process is, um, it looks like it's very, very simple, but very unique because what we, what we are learning is that every sales, uh, every sales deal is very, very different from the other. You don't see like, you don't have similarity between the stakeholders, between the personas, between the, um, you know, how, how the process itself, uh, should be. Same with stages and probabilities that we're all familiar with. And, uh, and for me, it's a great challenge because, uh, it's not uh, a traditional SaaS process. I don't have retention because we are working uh, project by project. So because it's real estate, right? It's construction. When a project starts, it ends, and then you have to think on the next one. But sometimes there is no next one. So what would be the definition for churn? What would be the definition of success? What would be the definition for customer? What is an ideal customer profile? How do we land and expand? How do we measure this? How do we bring the KPIs? How do we measure onboarding? Um, because these are not tech-savvy uh, people and our users, like they have to also uh, be trained, not just, you know, uh, with our, um, by using the, the platform, but also they need to use, like they need to be trained by the team. So from customer success, we are sometimes also uh, implementation and delivery departments. So we have to make sure that, and we are coming on site to show them how to uh, use technology. And then for me, as revenue operations, I need to think about, okay, so how do I help them see if, uh, see everything, you know, create a 360 customer overview, understand exactly how the customer journey actually works, help them and help them help sales, you know, to, um, to, to, to alert, uh, everyone within BuildOts when we have an expansion. And what do we call expansion? So a lot of, so we have a lot of definitions that we need to, to decide or understand and see, um, from a, um, strategy, strategy point of view, what works for us and what not. And, you know, and since again, churn is not the regular churn that you know about, that you see at SaaS companies, you know, and, and you have to understand exactly how to see it or how to alert when a account is at risk. And a customer is at risk, but is it, but is this a customer? Like, um, how do we treat it? Like it's a POC, POV, things like that. So I think, uh, the great challenge here is, um, that it's like we use the SAS terminology. We have similar lingo. We have the SQL. We have the MQL. We have, um, LTV. We have, uh, TCV. We have, um, uh, land and expand. Um, so we have expansion, but it's, and we have churn, but it's very, very different, uh, in our point of view. And I guess we learn, we learn this thing. And, and we also, you know, we are sharpening, sharpening our uh, definitions based on the behavior and what we see or the relationship that we, we build with our uh, prospects and customers. I would love to see the uh, documentation that goes with all these definitions. <laughs> Literally, it's like almost talking in a different language, right? Something you said that I think with so much of it and appreciate with the stage that you guys are at is very much of getting those foundations in place and, and the definitions. But 
with how different these sales process is and like the personas, how, from a revenue operations perspective, how do you spot the trends? How do you spot, you know, the things that are working that, you know, we need to do more of this and how do you, and also the things that aren't working to do less of that when it is so diverse between every deal? That's a great question. And I think uh, this is where we stand right now. So we managed to build everything or at least, you know, to make sure that some of our foundations in the process are working. Um, so I can say that in, uh, in Q2, we, we had a lot of data, something that I didn't, um, I wasn't ready uh, for it because I thought we are not there yet. Like we have so many things and everything is so new. And I, 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 I was not even, you know, one year at the company. So how can we move or I move from as a revenue, even if, you know, as an experienced uh, revenue operations, it's um, when you run fast and you need to grow and you grow fast and you need to, you know, provide and, and find solutions uh, rapidly. When sometimes, you know, the platform doesn't allow you to do, to do that. Um, I was surprised to see that we have a lot of data. Uh, we do, but now we are trying to understand, and I think the data helps us, you know, from a business point of view, to understand uh, to understand more of, of uh, the behavior of our process, like understand where uh, deals are getting stuck, um, which is maybe we don't know exactly for, uh, what is the perfect uh stakeholder recipe, you know, to, to support the sales team or even help the SDRs and BDRs to, to approach or bring to the table for, for a demo uh, session. Um, but we do, we did see like a very, very, very unique and interesting behavior, you know, with, with the opportunity and how, we, how the deal is moving forward in the pipeline, where it gets stuck. Um, and why? And, you know, and in SaaS companies, sometimes most of the deals are getting stuck at the beginning because we are converting LinkedIn into an opportunity. Then they, I, they prospected either uh, ghosting or they're not ready or they wanted to hear more about the product, but maybe this is not a good, good timing or they're not like, they're not the decision maker or the authority to actually, you know, decide on if, if the, if the, the company can pay for this solution or solve a pain or, or, or a need that they have. But here, what we can say is, um, like it's getting stuck actually, you know, um, when the, the opportunity is moving forward. So sometimes, you know, they really like, they understand that technology can help them. They understand that, um, that the world is, is going to this, you know, to the world is part of, digital transformation. Construction is starting to be part of, of this as well. Um, but sometimes you need to convince them more like why they should replace the, their traditional uh, methods when they work with a very expensive solution that they don't know if they would uh, bring them ROI or not. So, or, or maybe usually that they don't trust technology because... Yeah, because it's working with Excel. So why do we need something like, like how technology will, like we are efficient, like we are, we are building, you know, they're building projects. Um, usually they're done. They're still standing for years and many, many years. You know, people either 
Uh, it's either residential projects or commercial. So it's, it's there. So how technology can, will save them, you know, more money, save them money or, um, fasten the process. But, um, yeah, so we've discovered that in the sales process. And also we discovered that it's very, very hard to land and expand. So it's very hard that like, we can succeed in a process, but now we need to convince them to keep using buildouts and Sometimes, you know, in construction, you can start with one team, but then the, the, the next one at the same company is a completely different team. And you need to convince them, again, why BuildOps is good for their project, because it's a huge construction company. I mean, uh, so, yeah, it's a great challenge. This is a great segue, because uh, I was reading one of your blogs beforehand talking about customer loyalty and and the role of revenue operations in order to actually build on that and actually reinforce that loyalty. So what would you say is your approach to actually through revenue operations actually generating that and also, you know, retaining those customers as well? Wow, that's a very, very good question. That's a loaded question. I appreciate. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess, so I guess, you know, revenue operations is very similar to our personas. It's, they are not revenue operations, but they are operational people. So they are not doing revenue operations on a daily basis, but they do. They manage operational projects, and they they are in our personas or operations. So and build out eventually the, the the platform is very similar. Uh, and the solution that we are offering is very similar to the technology that I use to to collect the data, analyze it, and then alert. So I guess at some point, if I'm measuring the our customer internal customer journey, and I'm helping the team, you know, get a transparency about um, specific milestones or uh, connect the dots, you know, between uh, one one milestone to the other, and have a seamless handshake, and eventually, you know. Uh, support and and get more insights about how if we are succeeding or not and if not why understand exactly why i guess the same is with our customers that our platforms give them uh, a 360 uh, overview on their projects and the messaging is very it's it's, it's similar and and i guess if you, if we go back to to the previous question you know, for me, being at BuildOps, it's not just the product. It also, you know, the messaging. And it also, I, I could feel, I, it helped me to be more uh, related and feel more, like, feel in a safe zone uh, than other companies, you know, because it's SaaS. Yeah, the, the technology can be amazing and great. And, I, and I've been to such companies and, and we support revolution and we, we bring innovation to to sectors that already exist and we have competition. But here it's like we don't really have a competition. Um, so, and we are trying to, to be better at what we do and we are trying to penetrate, um, um, and, and, uh, ver- like in, in industries that, it, that is very, um, uh, traditional and very, very hard to, to, to get through. And actually, you know, send a message and explain why they need buildouts. And it's not just because we want to sell them. It's because you really need it. Like we can save you a, a, a lot of time, but you don't know how, like we're still trying to figure out what is the best way to do so. 
um, if it's through uh, digital uh, channels or tra- uh, a traditional and offline events, or you know have sales uh, meetings face to face because Zoom sometimes can be very 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 difficult for them because they're in the site okay every day. Um, so for me, you know, as a revenue operator, uh, as, as an operation uh, person uh, who's been d- doing that for, for almost nine years or, or even more, um, it's, I, like, I, I somehow I understand and it's even for me, you know, to build a process, uh, it's very, uh, it's easier for me to, to connect even with our users because our sales reps and our uh, uh, CSMs are coming from the instruction uh, from from uh, um, construction companies, so they never met Salesforce, they never met dialers, they never met marketing automation tools, they never they never knew that we can we can work with with a with a system that can help us you know even prepare our QBR's presentation, so. When they, you know, when they have the, the use, their user experience working with me and asking, you know, quite, and asking, uh, for me to, to add even a feature for, uh, reminder tasks that they have, not just the, the regular one that the, the system uh, or the CRM, um, offers, but more of a sophisticated because it will help them to be more efficient on the, their day to day. Then I understand that this is how they used to work in their site or in their previous companies, and they didn't have it, so they had to manage in so many different ways. So I love it. So not only are you educating the market, but you're literally having to educate everyone, you know, coming from that market into build dots as well. And and I suppose this to touch on a point that you made previously, you know, with regards to like product leg growth, and you guys are obviously like feeling your way into into the market at the minute do you find that you're taking more of a customer-led growth approach to that in the sense of i suppose in in educating you know demonstrating the value from the customers that you've already got or are you taking a different approach to it no i think different approach even with plg it's um I understand this strategy and I know that some companies are, you know, they're pushing to implement it and to make sure that their solution is transformed into, uh, into that. But I think it's very, sometimes, you know, it's very, uh, very hard to do so. It's not everything can really be plug and play, um, especially with companies, especially when you pay a lot and you invest a lot of money. In a solution that uh, can solve your pain, I for build outs, uh, maybe you know in the future, but uh, right now you know we are educating the market. So um, we're educating the market not just by uh, messaging and raising the awareness, but also having a team that teach them and building adop- adoption plans for for the for the users to to learn how to use the the platform, how to use the solution. Again, the best way they can because we want to show them the ROI and we want to succeed in, in the project and we want to make sure that they keep using uh, build-outs in other projects so to land and expand. 
So it's very, again, since they are not, most of them are not tax savvy and, and they don't even, you know, they are now, um, you can see them on LinkedIn, which is nice, but not most, like most of them are not there, even there. So, so it's a very, 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 um, high maintenance and consuming, time consuming, um, projects and and again and this is what nice because for me as revenue patients we can measure everything so we can measure the onboarding process we can measure the implementation cycle we can measure and understand so much from the even uh, platform setup and from uh, our customers uh, behavior so uh, so eventually even managing and building a module of, uh, of customer health and alert uh, the stakeholders internally if, are, if our customers are at risk, it would be much more impactful and, and we'll have so much, um, you know, it, it would be comparing to SaaS companies, it will have, it will be so important to understand why customer at risk because you can learn a lot from it. So in SaaS companies, for example, in a previous company, when a, company, when a, a customer was at risk, it was, you know, um, usually the use case would be similar. It was either we couldn't show them ROI um, because the data was no good, because, um, well, it depends on the industry, right? But but the performance of the product was no good or we didn't, me- we didn't exceed uh, the expectations that were set, you know, when we, uh, when we uh, signed the contract or it became just too much expensive for, for their... Um, monthly or yearly budget, which is, yeah, it's, it's reasonable, right? Here, it's like you need to prove so much more and, and you build and the relationship uh, with our customers like is so much, much more important than because you have to, to be in touch with them on a, not just sometimes not on a weekly basis, but also a daily basis. So it's very, 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 very different from SaaS companies when you can speak with them, you know, every quarter, you, like you have an, a very, like a, a, a formulated onboarding process, you know exactly when it starts, when it ends, then you have the handshake with customer success or support, where it depends also if you have a dedicated customer success uh, manager and, you know, and then you run and, and then before renewal, you just get an email and say, hi, this is time for now. Here, it's not like that. Like you have to be in, you have to build and manage the relationship through the whole project to not just show them the value, but also explain to them why they need this technology to show them and, and, and support them in why this helps them to be more productive and efficient, how visibility can help them manage their internal relationship within the project itself. So it's very similar to what I do internally here at BuildOts. I love that. I want to take pull us out a little bit we've talked a lot about build dots and i've got a couple more questions um, i know you're really active in the in the community you obviously run the optimizers as well something that i wanted to ask and it's a really general question but i know that literally every RevOps person that i speak to is a problem solver so i'm curious to know from your perspective what is the secret to problem solving uh what is the secret i guess first you need to uh you need to remove the thought in your mind that you are not a lonely wolf anymore in this, in the company. 
You're not, and this is what I'm telling myself every day. You're not a one woman show. You are, you deserve a team. You deserve uh, colleagues who works with you. And you also, you need to say no. So if you want to say, if you want to solve a problem, that's, that's amazing. You can be creative. You can be innovative. You can, uh, um, you can listen. You can speak. You can have, you know, you can bring everyone to the table. That's, that's amazing. But you have to, uh, you have to be strong and say no. Um, because you need to think, on a higher level and think of the organization because eventually the success of revenue operations is the success of the company. Um, you know, comparing to what we had back then as sales operations, marketing operations, and CS operations, um, which is new as well. So because if you are committed to the company, then um, the company's success is, is our success and you have to say no and you have to prioritize the project. And if you want to solve a problem, uh, you cannot work. Like, first of all, you cannot do everything. So you need to ask for a team. You need to ask for a budget. You need to ask, uh, you need to ask questions and you need to understand the, like, what is the need? You want to solve the problem? You will solve it. But if you don't, like, if they, if one of the team members wants something, but then you understand that. And, and by the way, I had uh, a scenario like this uh, last week. I wanted to solve a problem. Like, I wanted to solve a problem. Um, and one of the uh, sales managers approached me and he offered something. He said, yes, we agreed. We want to do something. And we want to do this, 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 and this. And I said, fine, are you sure? I don't think it's a, it's a great solution. But it, I will like if we will need to fix it, it will be manageable. And then we had to fix it like a day after because... He didn't say like, you need to ask questions. You need to understand exactly what they want to do. They need to understand exactly what is the pain. And saying no is the most powerful, uh, I think for RevOps, by the way, it's the most powerful ingredient that we must have to make sure that everything works. Uh, I think it, it definitely applies to RevOps, but even more broadly as well. I think uh, I seem to remember hearing a bit of advice of just say yes to everything. You you'll never you'll see where you'll never know where it takes you. And uh, the more and more I've gone down my career, the more I've realised no, you actually have to learn to say no. So I, I completely agree. Final question: What is the one book that you would recommend to other revenue operations leaders? And that might be could be fiction, could be non-fiction. I love with this is the diversity that I get back when I ask this to RevOps leaders. So I'm intrigued to know what yours would be. What do you mean by that? Like uh, as as a met method, as a behavior, as a, like how they should... However you want to approach it. It could be um, we've had... No, no. I, so I, know, like I, tradition. I don't, don't... Go for no, it. I have an answer for it. We are supermans or superwomans. We are... Uh, I think that, and you know, every day I manage this in like, we are the, the CIA agents that when they need us to, you know, pull up the gun and, and, and go and, you know, and now we're saving the world. This is, this is what we do. You know, we're never appreciated for that. We're never, you know, nobody said like, it would be very, very rare if someone would say a good word about what we did or how we just saved the day but i think that this is what we are like we are the secret agents uh that we are if we are not you know um 
usually we are, uh, um, you know, we are selfless and, and no ego. We have no ego approach because eventually we want everyone to succeed because if they success, if, if they're succeeding, then we are like it's our success as well. So no ego, ego approach, but you know, it's like we are agents and we are uh, planting ideas and planting, you know, purposes in other departments. And then we come with our, with our costume, you know, super like we're saving the day. <laughs> we we see the Batman, you know, they have a data issues, and then they they message us like everything is broken. And this is I love this. Salesforce doesn't work. I love this. Salesforce doesn't work. And then we see you know the Batman sky a sign on the on the sky. And then we come, and then in two minutes we fix it. And then you get the answer like, what did you do? What happened? Oh my God, it's working right now. Thank you so much. So, <laughs> Revenue operations, the, the unsung heroes of businesses, really. I love it. You took it in the best direction I could have hoped for. <laughs> okay, Leo, let's move to wrap up. Um, I want to give you one final opportunity. As I mentioned, you are, I know you, you blog, you podcast, you've got your own community as well. To the listeners at home and, and in their cars, where can they find you online and where can they find your community? So our community right now is on Facebook, but it's a Hebrew speaking community. But we are also, I'm working on creating a hub on LinkedIn as well. You can always find me on LinkedIn. You can follow me. You can connect with me. I'm, I love, uh, you know, having these kind of conversations, not just podcasts, but like I'm, I'm trying to, uh, schedule at least one or two, uh, 30 minutes talk every week, you know, to learn from others and, and hear about their best practice, uh, or practices actually from, and, or even dilemmas. Um, I'm also, so yeah, my blog is on Medium, uh, and I'm, and I'm trying to, and, and, I don't know. I'm trying to raise the awareness ever. So I guess at some point you would find me somewhere. And if you're in Tel Aviv, Israel, you can always uh, come to um, like ping me and we can have a, a coffee or a, or a wine, glass of wine around. So I'm very open to that. And I'm, I'm really, it's like very exciting to meet revenue operations leaders, uh, even, uh, you know, uh, beginners or uh, juniors who wants to 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 move forward or transition into this position, I guess in three to five years you w- we will see more and more pre- revenue operations uh, leaders, hopefully. But um, I sense it. But yeah, come like connect me on LinkedIn and we'll go there from there. Amazing. So we'll put the links to your LinkedIn, the Facebook page, your blog, everything down in the show notes below. And Leo, I I want to hear if someone takes you up on that offer because if they don't i'm going to come over to tel aviv and have a wine with you so with pleasure with pleasure everyone is invited amazing right leo it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for joining us again and uh, thank you to the audience for listening to us we'll be back again next week thank you so much for inviting me it was a truly pleasure and i hope to see everyone you know on linkedin or even in tel aviv pleasure it was all mine thank you bye bye Thanks for listening to Revenue Insights. If you want to learn more, subscribe to our newsletter and we'll deliver every episode straight to your inbox. If you have any questions, feel free to connect with us on LinkedIn. Our links will be in the episode notes. See you next week.